You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting Station. Hi, Sports and Cheap Pops! Ladies and gentlemen, it is Silicon Steve Valley and Lottie Dottie, he likes to party. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back and we have had one of the most eventful weeks in professional wrestling, starting with the Royal Rumble and halfway through culminating with MJF and CM Punk last night and Dynamite, but what a ridiculous four days of professional wrestling news and wrestling in general we had. Plotty Dotty, is your head spinning or what? How are you doing today? What's going on, brother? I'm, I'm doing really good. And yeah, I'd say my head is sort of spinning over the last few days. Uh, you had a lot evolving out of, uh, uh, out of the Royal Rumble in both the men's division and women's division. Um, then, of course, you had Raw on Monday night. And then on Tuesday night, you basically had Vince McMahon releasing his own son from WWE, which was pretty interesting news, with which which could include incredible repercussions. And then here we are on Wednesday night, and you had Dynamite, and you had a 45-minute professional wrestling match between CM Punk and MJF. Really an interesting impressive four days of if you're a wrestling fan you absorbed it all so yeah it was very cool few days here well you touched on it and actually before we do the royal rumble i know in pre-production we're going to do the rumble first but let's talk about the lead shane mcmahon released and what are the repercussions and what this is what i'm thinking here Shane O'Mac, very, very, very likely, I don't want to say likely, but very, very possibly will be showing up on TBS or TNT within the next year. It really could happen. Because Shane McMahon, I've heard him talk about this business, and I've heard him talk about that company. There's a pride he has as a McMahon. I think very much a big part of him, and just like Triple H, thought that they were going to be big parts of this company. And both of their dreams of, of... that continuing in that light is not going to happen now. It's clear as a bell. Vince yep. McMahon is not keeping it in the family. Yep. The McMahons are not going to be running game within the next couple of years. It is that simple. Yep. And that means everything changes. Everything. Is it going to be good for the good? Is it going to be for the bad? Is it going to be like Disney World took over professional wrestling? I mean, it kind of already is. Yeah. So I think it's going to be more generic. Again, it's going to be pop. It's going to be like pop music for professional wrestling. That's what sports entertainment is. It's Katy Perry of professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, And so Shane probably takes, there's a part of him that feels like his family's legacy is being stolen from. And Mm -hmm. He and Vince have had a lot of problems. Now, we obviously didn't go in. He never went into it in detail. But he's been open that there were a lot of struggles between he and Vince throughout his life, but particularly the last time he checked out in WWE. Shane and Vince don't have a great relationship by all accounts, at least recent accounts. I know there's some great interviews with Shane 20 years ago saying how Vince was his hero. But things are different now. But how much is Shane to blame for this? But every report you have, Shane's the guy who booked him. He booked himself strong in the Royal Rumble. 
And apparently the biggest reason was he had words with Bad Bunny because Bad Bunny, because Shane and Bad Bunny were two of the final four, of course. Which I hate. Oh, Bad Bunny was really good in the ring. But so apparently Shane had some issues with Bad Bunny and that was the reason, the biggest reason this relationship has been torn. Right. So I, Shane's built a lot of friends too over the last years of professional wrestling. I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't show up on AEW television or another competitor's television because, hey, it's just business, right? Yeah, I mean, um, you feel that way right now. I'm a little bit more guarded because I I don't know if he's going to want to do that right off the bat. Uh, I would, I would say, you know, and again, I don't know Shane McMahon for the life of me, but he might look into this and consider Stephanie's position on this. And even triple H's like, what are they thinking? What are they doing? I mean, this is like the empire sort of is sort of crumbling before our eyes here. Right. And if they sell, what does that mean for Stephanie? Does she still remain in a creative role? Or do they say, you know what? Hey, creative is now controlled by us. It doesn't, we don't necessarily need anybody named McMahon or related to a McMahon working on this level. You're on the board, if you will, but you don't have creative decisions. She hasn't had, does she have, creative? I, thought she, I thought she was more doing a lot of chief brand officer and all that kind of stuff. Has she been working as creative? I thought that was more Bruce Pritchard now. Uh, you know what? Yeah, Pritchard's the most, you know, as far as the on-screen stuff, but like, um, yeah, and that's a valid point, but like having any influence of over-creative, how they're booked, whatever the case is, that probably taken away from them. And the one that's really the wild card in this, to me, is Triple H. I mean, they have destroyed any a semblance of his impact there. And, and, and you know what, here's where he's, here's where it's dangerous. I, I, if, if I had to guess, or if I had to put any money on this, me, triple H is probably the more creatively sound one in terms of a total product versus what Shane would do. Just my, my, my intuition, I could be wrong, but I, I, I would lean towards triple H and what he might put out there versus what Shane might do. And part of the reason I say that is because Shane can't help himself. Has to always be involved in WrestleMania. And oh, by the way, you have the Royal Rumble. Destroys the whole production meeting, evidently. Pisses all over Jamie Noble. (laughs) Right? From what I understand. Jamie Noble. (laughs) And then and then the next he's running roughshod. And, and basically puts Vince in a weird, weird position. And there's no reason Shane McMahon should be in the bottom, the top four who has an opportunity to go to the main event of WrestleMania. You know what? Have some humility, Shane. And I really, what I thought they were going to do, which maybe it's, I'm such a, uh, such a mark. Let me just put it out there that Austin theory was in this Royal rumble as well. Why couldn't they have been in the, like the top 10, maybe seven left, maybe even, you know, in that realm between five and seven where Shane and Austin Theory go over the ropes together. And now you set up a WrestleMania match for for Vince McMahon's goddamn attention. 
and it's Vince feuding with his son in Austin Theory, right? And there the theories a pawn in this game. But oh my God, Shane has to go and be in the in the the top four with Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, and here's and and, and Bruce and Bad Bunny of all people. What's wrong? Bunny was with this awesome picture? in the Royal Rumble. He looked great. Rumor has it that you've gone to WWEshop.com and have already ordered Bad Bunny merch. No, but the guy got bigger, and he yeah. did, and he, and he and he did work in the ring. He, his instincts are good. He was laying kicks in there like he's been doing it for years. I'm telling you, the guy put in the work. Hey, look, I don't like when pop stars show up. And they're horrible at professional wrestling, but they just do it because it's it's a good kick and a great payday. This dude is clearly yeah. put in the work to be somewhat of a professional wrestler, and I give Bad Bunny all the respect in the world for that. I still don't think he should be in the fucking top four of, of people right. in the Royal Rumble. However, I gotta respect him if he's he's you know he's not just there just to collect a paycheck. He's doing he legitimately learned how to take bumps. He's doing hurricanas. He's doing neck breakers i mean the guy really knew what he was doing he looked great out there canadian destroyers guys doing the work man you put in the work i have to respect that so that's all i'm saying about that um now i I didn't watch now i uh, now i didn't invest in the peacock thing because they still have yet to sway me so you watched a rumble at any point during this rumble and i haven't gotten to the minutia of the goddamn uh, layout of the match did they have damian priest and bad bunny interact at all no, Damian Priest, I believe, was eliminated before Bad Bunny got in there. I mean, why would you have them interact? It's not like they were both at WrestleMania last year and have actually a little bit of a history. Remember, Damian Priest was like the heater for the 24-7 belt at that point, and now he's the U.S. champion. I Don't quote me on that, though. I could be wrong. I, I, when those Royal Rumbles, man, I go in and out. That one was a little rough. That one was not an exciting one. And this is a great segue because now we can talk about the Royal Rumble. And we'll talk Absolutely. about the men's Royal Rumble. which pissed a lot of people off. But we have to start with the WWE Championship match. match which we know Brock Lesnar. We know what happens. And they bring Brock Lesnar back after Roman and Paul Heyman. When Heyman turning on Lesnar cost him the, the World Championship. Something you called last week for Roman to do, to lose his title and come back. You picked it with Roman, yeah. and I even suggested you. you don't think they do it with Brock since he's the baby face? Right, right. You were right. Well, I didn't pick it, so I wasn't right. True. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah, Brock Lesnar comes back, and I thought it was a good, I, even though I knew it was coming, I thought it was a good spot. I feel yeah. like WWE's reputation is really hurting this Brock Roman storyline. This Brock Roman storyline by itself is great. Yes. Brock coming back and doing that superhuman, it's exactly what you want to see. Yeah. But people hated it. And I thought it was kind of nitpicking. Look, this is the biggest storyline in the company right now. Right. I know you wanted to see whoever win. I know you wanted to see Austin Theory win, and not you. I'm talking about whoever. Oh, why don't you give it to AJ Styles? Why don't you give it to this guy? Why don't you give it to that guy? Because Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is the centerpiece storyline of this year. And should be the main event at WrestleMania. And should be the main event at WrestleMania. And I'm sorry. I'm I'm a traditionalist. I want the winner of the Royal Rumble to be the main event at WrestleMania. 
It's bullshit yeah. to me. When Shinsuke Nakamura wins the Royal Rumble, he was like the third match from the main. Yeah. What's the point of winning the Royal Rumble if you're third match from the main? There's no point. It devalues the Royal Rumble. So I think people are killing Brock Lesnar winning because it was, quote, predi- and it was predictable. Okay. But so is Hangman beating Kenny. Sometimes predictable is okay if it's a good story, folks. Yeah. Superman's going to win, guys. It's predictable. He's going to win. But how does he win? And does he bang Lana? Or does she bang Lois? And if, he, and if he impregnates any of them, does the baby kick so hard it goes through their stomach? This is the sort of stuff that people think about, I guess. Lana Lang and Lois Lane. Interestingly enough, I don't know why Superman liked alliteration with L's. But anyways, but you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I think people are killing WWE over this Lesnar thing completely unfairly. I thought it was, I didn't think it was a bad booking right. job. I like it, and I love. And how can you argue what Brock Lesnar's doing right now? He's arguably the best wrestler and professional wrestler on the show right now. Right, and if you look at the WWE roster, there's only two people that are qualified to be considered the winner of the Royal Rumble. That's there, short of some surprise that we didn't see coming. Okay, short of Okada arriving and winning. Okay, Okada was never going to win the Royal Rumble, by the way. Well, uh, you, you get what I'm saying. It's Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. That's it. There's nobody else. If you want to put Drew McIntyre there, I'm sorry. They, he's been feuding with Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss and has been injured. He's not an option. And I chose him to win last when he won two years ago or whatever it was and beat Brock. But it's not an option. You're on, you're on mute, by the way. No, I wasn't. You were. Oh yes, you were. No, I, I'm with you. I think that that McIntyre is not does not have any momentum right now. None, zero. And so I, I did make sense for him to win. I think if he was booked better on SmackDown, people would have been wanting it more. But he was booked horribly. He's running around with a stupid sword. That sword was death to him. His yeah. momentum was lost when he took on that fucking sword. It was the Cody's neck. It was like Cody's neck. Momentum gone when he gets the the, the friggin' neck tattoo for Cody. McIntyre gets the sword. All the momentum is gone. Same shit. So. Ever since he grabbed Vince's sword with his hands, oh, it's been over. You like that sword, do you? Well, you're going to take it's that Vince's? sword. Take it in your hands and feel it. Feel my sword, damn it. Damn it, feel my sword, yeah. Um, we also have a situation with where you're right. Roman and Lesnar are the the star power just when they're in the ring against everybody else with the exception of maybe Seth Rollins exactly. with with Roman because what Seth has done with, with Roman. <laughs> see what I'm doing there I'm doing Seth Rollins you I, you say something and I'll just laugh you know what he is I'm, the content has been so good that he's been saying I've been able, able to tolerate the laughing I think the content's great but the laugh denigrates it to me and I can't stand it. Observation I'll make about Seth Rollins is when he's having a promo now, he's going around like the architect, almost like Bozo the Clown or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Joaquin, you know, Joaquin uh, uh, Phoenix joke, basically. You know? 
And it just, I, it's so annoying. He's so found and jazz. And it's like, wow, this is so weird. How do I react to this? Oh, he's just a great wrestler, and now he's getting over with the fans. <laughs> well, that, that, and honestly, like him entering the ring to the shield entrance, I thought was a great idea. But again, what was he doing the entire time? He's laughing. He should have just came out there and just acted as if he was a member, the member of the shield, and just totally messed with with Roman. But then he's got to go throw in this, and he's got to throw in that, and then just his little like dance, and it's like it doesn't go with this. Um, you know, like embrace the insanity and just stop doing this god awful laugh. I think it worked in this instance because he's doing it to fuck with Roman. Like he was laughing at Roman, and I think if he comes out and just plays it straight, it does. Roman getting pissed off doesn't work as much. I have to be honest with you. I think him laughing, and he also did the, the flip that he always did too. By the way, that was great. Right, he did a little flip. You know, have the other two always hopped over the garter and he would always flip? Yeah. Little touches like that, like Seth and Roman brought to the table. It's what real great professional wrestling is about. And so it's good. We got to acknowledge it when it happens in WWE. I know you hate Seth right now. You really hate the laughing thing. Yeah. I I mean, did you enjoy the KO show with him on it? Where any pause, there's... (laughs) No. Any pause. No, I and didn't it's like, like that. And I, I felt so bad for Kevin Owens. I'm like, how do you work with this? I'm just like, oh, my God. I just think the whole segment wasn't really good, to be honest with you. No, there was a funny, that was the funny part when Kevin Owens was like, and Seth, you should go demand that if I'm not in the elimination chamber, you're going to pull right. out. That was funny. But mid-KO lost, lost to Austin. We're going to get it all into Raw in a second. But So we got Brock Lesnar winning the men's Royal Rumble. We have Roman costing him the title. We have Seth and Roman again. Now we got to talk about the Women's Royal Rumble. As as we predicted, both of us predicted on the show last week, Ronda Rousey makes her return. As yep. I think it was PWI Insider said, she was going to come back. Heavy rumors. She comes back and she wins the Royal Rumble. A lot of fake crowd noise pumped in during the match. She, when she came out, she got a really nice pop, a, an organic pop, and you heard it. Yeah. But after she once she hit the ring, Flotty, and you didn't see it. Once she hit the ring, yeah. it was the most unmenacing, unimpressive momentum. Because here she's coming in the ring three years off, bringing hellfire and brimstone, walking down like a BMFer. And she comes in and she does a couple of judo, not even aggressive looking judo tosses, and awkwardly throws one person out of the ring. It was terrible. It was a joke. Anyway, she wins, and you knew she was going to win once she was in the ring. Oh, yeah. Especially coming out at 28 or 29, whenever it was. And then the following night, and we so that's what happens at, at, on Raw. So our two winners are Rhonda and Brock. And then the next night, we'll go to Rhonda, and we'll talk about the Brock and Lashley. Rhonda yeah. comes out, closes the show with an awkward, uninspired jerk-off promo that Becky tried to save. And by the way, folks, go back and listen. The piped-in audience sound is so palpable. You can tell a mile away. It's a, it's, it's a, she's getting the Goldberg treatment. So for those of you at home who not, didn't know, she's not getting cheered that loudly, just so you know. She's going to start getting booed, noticeably booed, week in and week out again. It's going to happen. But she comes out, 
Becky comes out, tries to save it. She judo tosses her again. And says, I'll let you know on Friday. And she walks out, pump trout. And then a legitimate pop for Lita comes in. It's almost like they knew she wasn't going to get over. So they sent Lita out. Yeah. And then Lita gets a good pop. We're going to get Lita and Becky. Great. Lita's going to probably lose. Who knows? I would assume. Um, but it's going to be a good payday for both of them in Saudi Arabia. Home where they just love those women wrestlers. And that's what you have. But the road is clear. If they go to the exact same game plan that they had with Ronda Rousey last time, they're going to have to turn her heel in a few weeks just because this babyface thing isn't going to work. Right. And then they have a problem. Yeah. You would think you would think that she's going to go feud against Becky or Charlotte, and they're both they're both hated themselves. And they're and yeah, and this time Becky was supposed to be heel, but she just had this momentum, and she was a phenomenon. She was lightning in a bottle, and they fucked it up. And then they brought her back as a heel, and now Becky doesn't. She's not a phenomenon anymore. She's a really great professional wrestler. But she's not a phenomenon anymore, and she doesn't have the crowd on her side anymore. So you're going to have three women who no one really cares. Becky's going to be cheered because of osmosis. Just like last time, because she's the only viable one that's even likable. Yeah. I I love Charlotte. You You know me. I love Charlotte in terms of bell to bell, but no one's cheering for Charlotte Flair at this point in time. Nah. No one's cheering for Ronda Rousey once... The, the the really slower WWE members of the universe, the WWE universe catch on, she's gonna start getting booed again every single week, guaranteed. Mark it down, booed, and it's gonna be funny yeah. again, just like I thought it was last time. So that's what's going on. And you're exactly that's a nonstop problem. They don't have a they don't have a viable baby face that can sell that match. No, and honestly, I, I I mean, I don't like I think she needs a manager. The obvious one is Heyman, but they're not gonna go and, and muddy those waters. Yeah. I could see them sticking like Shanna Baszler with her and her being the mouthpiece, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe a faction would work out and they could be like the, the badasses right there. So but... so Sonia Deville might be a good mouthpiece for her. And she has MMA training too, has she not? That, yeah, so you put her with Baszler and Ronda, and now you have a little bit of a faction. And Sonya is a great mouthpiece. Sonya can cut a damn problem. Right. So, and she, I saw her on the pre. Yeah, that's probably the route I would go with that. Yeah, that's a brilliant. Everybody, right there. Valadi Dottie just booked Ronda Rousey strong. Put her with Shayna Baszler and my homegirl, Sonya Deville, who can cut. I love Sonya Deville. I think she's amazing. I mean, this. Thing with Naomi's dumb as shit, obviously, and I'm not even going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that's what we got going on with the women's division. We go to the men's division. We have Brock Lesnar open the show once again because you know he likes to get out of there early. Brock Lesnar opened the show again, and he comes out ready to fight. And hey, we find out every all the members of the elimination chamber, Lesnar, Lashley, and Seth did not have to win the qualifying matches, but. What do you think about this rounding this out? This is a good, this is a good crop. This is a crop. Yep. Matt Riddle, great. I love it. Austin Theory, yep. I love it. AJ Styles, I love it. And somebody else. Probably somebody who's, I don't know. I forget who the other one was. Um, but 
those six guys and whoever else is in it, that's a that's a stacked lineup. The only way it would be hard, only way it would lose value if it was the Miz or Corbin. I don't know. I know how to ruin it for you. What was it? Goldberg. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> it wouldn't ruin no, it. I'm serious. But, no, it's the Miz. I was kidding with you. You guess you didn't know that. Miz, Miz won his qualifying match against Dominic Mysterio. Ah. Wow. Miz with those six wrestlers and then the Miz. Which of these things is not like the other? Which of these things is not like this? <laughs> I, have, I have breaking news for you. Breaking news. <laughs> Reported an hour ago by Russell Talk, Goldberg slated for match at Elimination Chamber. Who? Oh, my God. Is it, is it Roman? I would have to assume it's Roman. Wouldn't you have to assume that? I would have to think it's Roman. Unless they're building an eighth pod. That's kind of ridiculous. It's like eight crazy nights. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, Goldberg slated for Saudi Arabia. That makes sense. He always kind of sh- doesn't he always show up at Saudi Arabia? Payday. We're going to get a payday. Yeah, Goldberg loves the Saudi paydays, man. He gets $3 million, shows up, kicks somebody in the face, ends mm-hmm. their career, and leaves. That's it. Drops the undertaker on his head. All right. <laughs> Adios. Nice guy, Goldberg, ain't he? Come here and careers leave. (laughs) (coughs) Show up and careers and leave. Um, So go build. All right. Well, we're going to get into that later. I'll tell you what. So let's get a live reaction. The only person that it could be would be Roman at this point in time. Who else would it possibly be? I guess you could. But then again, he could cause a beef with anybody. Anybody, any heel. It could be be Baron Corbin just to get Goldberg there. It doesn't matter. Oh, wait. Does he does he still have well you know what I was gonna say does he have beef with Lashley but Lashley's already in the elimination chamber and I think he squashes beef with Lashley he he won okay. the blow off he won the blow off and which actually was okay, probably okay. Goldberg's best match since maybe ever actually he's a shitty wrestler so but yeah it was actually not a bad match which which tells you how good Lashley is Bobby Lashley's a great professional wrestler he doesn't get enough credit for that yeah. Um, but lastly, but so we have that all the all those qualifying matches, a really good crop. Seven really, and look, Miz is whatever, but he's a sports entertainer. He's not a pro wrestler. The rest are really good professional wrestlers. Miz is a sports entertainer throughout. And what do you? We'll get into our predictions, but that's wild. That could go. I don't love the elimination chamber with a title on the line because it's like, what's the point of the Royal Rumble if a champion can lose it just like that? Exactly. And they didn't even, like, when Adam Pierce announced it, it didn't even make sense other than the fact that, like, Lashley didn't want to, like, fight Lesnar. But they already established that Lashley's going to be in an elimination chamber. Yeah. So, it, it, was, it doesn't was, make any sense. No, but, hey, it's going to be a great – look, it's, it's slated to be a great match at, at Elimination Chamber. And you know what? I cannot wait to give them some blood money. They're getting my $5 again this year, this month. Wow. So that's what we had going on in WWE. I'm trying to remember anything else that happened on Raw that was super interesting other than we had RK Bro and Alpha Academy continues to be some of the best stuff WWE is doing, particularly Chad Gable 
Ooh, sodium. Ooh. Oh, it was so funny. That spot with him and Otis. Uh, and Otis pulls up with barbecue sauce. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Gable. And and you know what? He is getting the most out of Otis. And this is like I've heard I read a rumor this week that Angle might be coming back. I mean, it, it rates itself. Put Angle with them and have Angle be snarky with these guys. You know what would have written itself when if they made Gable his illegitimate sum since he kind of looks like him and has every attribute like him, opposed to the black kid? Oh. <sighs> I mean, I, I dig it. I think it's because Jason Jordan looked a lot better. He was bigger. Vince probably – he was more of a Vince guy, so that's why he got the angle. But it didn't make sense. Chad Gable, that was, that, was, that was perfect. Chad Gable would have been perfect for that. No. Oh well, what are you gonna do? But this we'll time I'm shorty G. Well, this well, they find that's the thing, and that's and I'll tell you what, Gable shows you that if you sometimes, sometimes in WWE, if you do work hard enough and you stick to it enough, you can live through Shorty G or whatever the hell else they were doing with him. And you even a stupid gimmick like Alpha Academy. If you're really good, eventually you're going to make something work. And they have made this work. They're tag team champions. And I think they should have those tag titles. And I really hope, that, and we talked about it, I really hope they keep RK Bro away from them for the tag titles until WrestleMania, which I think they could do, particularly now that Riddle is in the championship match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And, and, and honestly, just Gable being out there telling the, the, the audience to shoosh, shoosh. You see, you're starting to see shoes like signs for that. I'm like, this is starting to get over. There you go. Don't boo, don't boo education. That's gross. That's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Gable, man, I absolutely love him, and so it's good to see. And it's good to see WWE give a guy like that an opportunity, and it's good to see him take it and run with it because he has been absolutely brilliant, and I think he's going to be a future world champion. I really do. Um, he should be. I don't. I don't think there's a doubt. I think he's 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 gotten it. I don't think he's going to have a big run because he's he's shorter than six foot three. But you know, I think it's going to be. It's not, it's not based on his talent. Uh, then we I, and other other things that happened. I'm trying to remember other things that might have happened on that of note. Nothing really else. For, oh, I didn't think was a great episode other than what was going on with the elimination chamber stuff. The matches were really good in the, for the elimination chamber. Other than the Miz. Mysterio one that was like three minutes and Dominic got distracted by Ray getting kicked out because Miz pulled something over it wasn't really a good match all the other three match the other three matches were all great so really it wasn't a bad raw but other than the stuff about the elimination chamber fell flat mostly because you know how I feel about the women's division and Ronda Rousey so there's that yeah, we talked about Shane McMahon already and quick thing on Kendrick, uh, if he was a bigger name, it might have bigger, bigger deal. He didn't say any. He said some conspiracy theory shit. It wasn't racist per se, you know, but you can't say the Holocaust didn't happen. That's just not something you should say. But he, he did apologize. He did apologize for it, but he's done. You know, he's done for now. I think I think he's going to come back. Uh, once he goes to sensitivity, he's, look, this is there's two ways you can go about it. The problem is he's not a big enough star for anyone to really give a shit. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're a big star, Sammy Guevara said he wanted to rape Sasha Banks and Jess on, on a podcast. Okay. 
because but Sammy Guevara apologized for it. He went to sensitivity training, talked to Sasha, did everything Kendrick's doing. Sammy came back on TV because he's Sammy Guevara. Brian Kendrick's going to be hard because he's Brian Kendrick. As, the Brian Kendrick, by the way. As, as, as beloved as he is on the independent scene and as much of a legend as he's been, he's been doing this for well over 20 years. I get it. But he's not a big enough star, I think, to sustain getting caught. But this was 10 years ago. I think it's bullshit that he, that guy's getting canceled. But, hey, you got to play the game. Unless you're Ric Flair. Then you don't have to. Yeah, it's weird how some some can kind of sidestep it and the others are like, that's that. And it's the timing of the situation where, you know what, he was supposed to have a match with Moxley on Dynamite. And as soon as Tony Khan was reminded or, or, or made aware of the comments, that was it. He pulled the trigger and that was that. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything that went down with Tony Khan's racist tw- uh, trending on Twitter a couple weeks back, He's mm-hmm. not even coming close. And by the way, he didn't say Kendrick was released. He just said, we're taking him off the show. We'll see what happens. He didn't. There was no release. I don't even think he was officially signed with AEW. I think it was just for match tonight for that, for yeah. that night. Um, but I think Kendrick might make his way back after what's well, going to take a little time. But hey, look, Tommy Dreamer was pretty much canceled for defending Ric Flair. Rick, and he apologized. Ric Flair said, fuck you. I didn't do that. And he's and he has a well listened to podcast, and he's still around. Yeah. So it tells me that people's morals and their judgments are reserved for their favorites, and they're not so favorites. And Byron Kendrick is nobody's favorite. So bye. Hmm. If Moxley said that shit, you can see Moxley saying something like that drunk. I don't know. I was there. Not Holocaust, not that. I don't think he'd say something like that, but he could say something stupid. And, uh, you know, to me, I just think it's it, it's not that big of a deal. So the guy listened to Alex Jones for a couple of years, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who hasn't? I'll tell you what right now. Shane McMahon, he got fired because he knew exactly what happened at 9-11. And, and Vince McMahon did not want anyone to know. God damn it. So, good segue, though. We talked about the match with Brian Kendrick and John Moxley. It wound up being, as we switch over to my favorite television show, AEW Dynamite, John Moxley takes on the replacement, who actually might work himself into a storyline because of it. We'll get to that in a second. Wheeler Yuta coming out with best friend members Danhausen, who I love, and Orange Cassidy. and. A very competitive, very good match for Wheeler Yuta. He loses, of course. He knew he was going to, but it was a competitive match. Supposed to last time, Moxley just blew his doors off. And you saw Moxley surprised and almost respecting the kid at times throughout the match. little psychology. And now we understand why it makes sense. Brian Danielson show, I want to get your reaction to the possible formation of a faction. Just listen to the names that Brian Danielson pitched when he said we could form a faction. Brian Nelson comes out, and Brian Nelson, another BMFer, comes out to another BMFer. We should work together. And what happens if we had Vic Wheeler Yuta or Danny Garcia or Lee Moriarty with all these clowns literally making fun of Luchasaurus, making fun of Sammy Guevara, making fun of Orange Cassidy, making fun of Dan Housen, making fun of all these grandiose baby faces? 
But the crowd's cheering because eh. he's right. Eh. So imagine a faction. Listen to this faction. Brian Danielson, John Moxley, right there, two of the top five in the company. BMFers yeah. with Lee Moriarty, who is a brilliant tactician. Same thing with Daniel Garcia. And Wheeler Yuta is kind of the high flyer, but also a great tactician as well. That faction, wow. I think he's doing it. What do you think? Uh, I don't know if he's got, they're gonna. He would be adding all those names. He's just dropping names and putting them over in the promo. And honestly, Willie Yuta doesn't do anything for me. He just nothing for me. And I'll, I'll even go as far as to say this: like the beginnings of this match, Danhausen makes a huge appearance on uh, the previous show. Right? It's a big deal, big news. Uh, um, what, what was the saying I was seeing? Uh, it was like uh, all elite is very evil which was like, you know, part of his tagline. And I'm like, this is cool. This is like unique. So my initial note, as soon as I saw him on Wednesday night is, what the fuck is he doing with best friends? Is best friends just this way station for anybody what that we don't know what to do with? All of a sudden, they're a best friend, and they're going to walk out with Orange Cassidy? Like, why are they, why do we have to put Dan Housen with best friends? Danhausen was getting chance last night going for him. And all he has done is cursed two people. But we got to go and stand him next to Pockets, a.k.a. Orange Cassidy. Okay? It's not necessary. Let Danhausen be Danhausen without carrying Orange Cassidy's sunglasses. I'm sorry, man. It demeans Danhausen immediately. Just the way it demeaned Adam Cole, baby, by feuding with him for this <laughs> entire losing time. Him. Losing to him. And losing to him. And oh, and you know what? You we didn't we didn't get a chance to even discuss this really due to the timing. The spot with Adam Cole on top of the platform where Orange Cassidy is just hugging him and our, and, and Adam Cole is just like a fish out of water. Couldn't break out of the, the hug. He got hit in the balls. He got hit in the balls. He he's looking over. You you can go and play it. And and just the visual of it was one of the worst moments of Adam Cole's career. What a bullshit spot. I'm sorry. They're destroying Adam Cole. As of this moment. And then I had a chuckle since we're talking about dynamite. And Adam Cole bows up and starts doing a promo and he's so pissed off about losing to to uh, orange cassidy but he didn't lose because look at his record right and he's going to show you next week you know what he's going to do he's going to wrestle evil uno I, I i wanted to throw my my television through the window as soon as he said that evil uno so okay we're going to put your attention back on the dark order here let's let Adam Cole rise, who was one of the, the best talents in your your competition, who carried the main roster for the better part of two months at one point when he was leaned on, has all that building in the world, and he's feuding against Orange Cassidy, and now he's going to go and, and and entertain Evil Uno. What Awful. if? What if? Hypothetically. What if he goes after Evil Uno, beats the living shit out of him, 
And then he calls out Hangman Adam Page. And this is what we're talking about. He said, you're going to see a different Adam Cole and he's going to let everyone know his intentions are. I believe Friday night, this rampage tomorrow night starts the angle with he and Hangman Adam Page for revolution. What do you say if that's the case? You're probably right. And, and, I, and I, that's where I wanted to go. So let me be clear with you, right? But also let me say this. I feel like, I feel like Adam Cole has been really just cut off at the knees in some aspects of his arrival into AEW. It's something I've disagreed with what they've done. And then with Hangman, who you and I have discussed Hangman at many uh, moments, minutes, and, and, and you've, you've done pretty much almost a documentary on the gentleman, right? And it's a guy who I respect, I'm entertained with. To me, he's money in terms of being a face and a champion. It's a legit champion. But this title run, Mr. Valley, is one of the worst world title runs I've seen. So now we're looking at a sort of a, a bullshit feud that we're starting to percolate to. And in my opinion, should have been so much more like momentous. And I, you know, one thing I'll give Adam Page a lot of respect. I, I, I'm assuming it came from the heart almost. When he cut his promo, he mentioned two t- two matches in 81 days, man. Like he should have been kicking some ass along the way. And I don't know why they're giving him the mid card. And, and, and I say that, you know, politely. It's the middle of the card. Like he's literally not getting the main events. He's opening up and he's the mid. Like this guy deserves to be a main eventer. And and why they're not giving it to him. Why Tony Khan is it's a, something I totally disagree with. Whoever is making that sort of decision, man. Um, but yeah, I, I see it happening. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it turns out. But the lead up to it, I've been less than impressed and really just disappointed on both ends. Well, they got they got it. What a, a month before they got four weeks before Revolution to turn the tide for it. I have yeah. faith that you're going to see some really good programming. I also have faith that Hangman. First of all, I think Hangman beats Page, or uh, I'm sorry, Hangman beats Cole at Revolution. By the way, I think you're going to see Hangman have a pretty good run over. The, I'm hoping that you're after he beats Lance Archer, you're going to start seeing him have a little bit of a run because it has been something that people have critiqued, not just us. That's something a lot of people, he feels like the third or fourth most important thing on the show, if that. And when, and and that includes last night. And and last night only had like six segments because I had one long match. So Mm -hmm. still didn't feel that important. It wasn't a bad segment, but we got to get Hangman being important 100% with you. However, I'm going to have a little bit more faith. I have a feeling, I think the Adam Cole stuff. I think you're a little hard on it, to be honest with you. Uh, but you also came from seeing him at NXT flourish and be arguably the yeah. greatest NXT champion ever. So, and I think he was the longest running NXT champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, and beyond that NXT run, it was that little run that he had on the main roster. And he really he carried the weight for like some Raw and SmackDown. It was great. I was like, man, this guy has all the potential. He's hanging with the top, the top guys. And well, then they bring him over here, and it and it just it's it's disappointed me as a fan of his. And you know, this is not like me being negative about him. It just I I, I think there's so much more that could be done with him, and I'm disappointed with it. Well, this is what I'll say. He's headed toward a program with, with Hangman Adam Page. I'm assuming. And I'm also, we also know he's heading toward a monster program with Red Dragon and the Young Bucks and possibly Kenny Omega yeah, or yeah. Hangman Adam Page. So Adam Cole's got a lot of really good television to come over in 2022. I would be patient a little bit, but I'm with you. 
first of all, you have a, you have a disdain for Orange Cassidy as well. Let's be honest. I'm tired that of it. Tired of him. Yeah. yeah it yeah, certainly hasn't helped him. the situation. Oh no, it hasn't. And it's like, you know, he, I'm, I'm, I'm filing him with, you know, with uh, Jurassic Express, not even necessarily Jungle Boy, but like the idea of Jurassic Express and what's going on there. Uh, and Orange Cassidy's involved in that. And I'm disappointed as we were kind of getting back, like Danhausen's being associated with him. I think that guy's plenty talented enough. What I've seen uh, creatively to be by himself or go elsewhere. He doesn't need to go and latch on to Orange Cassidy. Well, there is a okay. connection there with those guys from the independent scene. They've been, fr- you know, there's a, a friendship there. So I think that was part of it. But you, you're, I'm with you. I think right now, what is the best friends? It just seems weird. Um, they're also part of yeah. Chaos in New Japan as well. So right. there's a lot of moving pieces with the best friends. I feel like until they start getting booed, they're going to keep on getting TV time because people love Orange Cassidy apparently still. I think I I've you. lost yeah. I've lost my love for him a while ago. You have a disdain yeah, yeah. for him. And yeah, I so I think a lot of part of that, that's the reason. So I would be a little patient for Adam Cole. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ringing the bell yet like that, but I also don't yeah. have the high the high expectations you did. And I also I think I see the forest on the trees a little bit in terms of where he's headed this year, and I'm excited about it. I got you. And you know what? I went off on a tangent there and you asked me about the Daniel Bryan Moxley thing. Love the segment, and honestly, I agreed with everything that uh, Daniel Bryan said. All right, and um, and basically, did I call him Daniel Bryan? Brian Danielson, such a mark. Jim uh, Ross. So basically, yeah, yeah, I, I Jim Ross on that on that one. Yeah, just t- totally marked out there. Ruby Riot's so out here beating up Nicholas Cage. It's Nyla Ruby. <laughs> I don't know a Nyla Nicholas. <laughs> so yeah, you got. So you have Moxley out there with Brian Danielson. I agreed with everything Brian Danielson said, and you know what? He put over a bunch of guys. Do you like the idea of those names in that in, in that faction? Listen, I, I look at that those two, and I'm hoping Moxley finds some sort of common thread. And it's like you know what? Yeah, let's run rough shot rough shot off of this this company because there are connections to Ring of Honor, there are connections to WWE, and you know what? You mentioned those names. I'll tell you another name that I would put with them, and I would probably go very little further. Cody. <laughs> nope. I don't know. CM Punk. It's a lot of egos in one room. But that's a lot of that's that's almost NWO ish. Do they have enough baby faces to do that? Like top baby faces. Because you have those, th- you those two of your three big baby faces right there. Very true. And he, and he, comes, and a, and he comes back, maybe. And that would be a, that would be one of the baby faces that they could zero in on because they already have some heat going on there between Brian Danielson and, and Omega. Um but yeah, I, I mean you're looking at like, you know, um, you know, Mariardi. I'm not I'm not sold on him just yet. I mean, I, I watched him in that tag match against uh, FTR. He was in that one, right? Yeah, I think you're thinking of uh, no, you're thinking of Lee Sh- Shadi Lee Johnson or whatever. Last oh, time. that's it. You're right. You're right. Right. Who's the last match that uh, Moriarty was against? He well, he's been on AEW Dark. The guy's a great tactician. He's kind of like the he comes from the the Brian Danielson 
Uh, okay. Actually, even more, I would say more. He is a little bit more like Zack Saber Jr. out of New Japan, if you're familiar with him. He's kind right, of more right, right. Yeah. familiar with. He's similar to that kind of guy. That's the kind of wrestler he is, and he's so young and so brilliant. Um, there was one yeah. match against him, he Moriarty, and I forget who else, but against Dante Martin and Leo Rush. And you just saw this one spot of Dante Martin and, and Lee Moriarty. And you could just tell yeah. this, these two are going to fight for a world championship one day in this company. You saw them look at each right. other and it was a specific moment that I think production zeroed in on. It was just like, okay, this is the big, this high flyer. It's kind of like Zack yeah. Sabre Jr. I want to compare it to these two. It's kind of like Zack Sabre Jr. And Will Ospreay you had really the, those right. two kind of guys. This is Will Ospreay as a baby face, not Will Ospreay now. But um, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. He's bulked up. He's kind of taking the Kenny Omega role that Kenny when Kenny left as the kind of hybrid guy that can do a lot of crazy stuff with his body. But now he's got more of a tactician, more of a heel sense. But back in the day when it was Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay, you knew it was something special. Two young, really great professional wrestlers. And those guys have had a fantastic rivalry. So I think that's what they're kind of going with Dante and Mariarty. Um, so I like Mariarty. I've seen him in a couple of so. Check him out a little right. bit more. I don't think I, I'm not with you on CM Punk at all. I think he's, I think, I don't know if it's needed with Brent Danielson and, and also Mox. they take really good care of themselves. Like, well, Moxley doesn't drink. Well, but. Before, before we go further, do you think Mox agrees with them and, and decides to link, link up with them? Or you think they, this is the beginning of a feud? No, I think he's going to, I think you're going to see danielson and you're going to see moxley together and you're going to see danielson do a lot of the talking and yeah. but you're going to have two bmfers and they're going to have a little bit of a stable and it could be one of the most dominant stables ever i don't know what they're going to call themselves maybe they're what was it called paragon maybe they're paragon. the paragon i doubt it but um the fact remains is that that's going to be an incredible faction when they put it together even if those two just stay together dude the the, the crowd reacted beautifully to that last night they they felt that in there they want that yeah and danielson even mentioned he's like and he played to the crowd he's like they might not like me which by the way we love you danielson just because you're a dick sometimes we boo you just that's because you're a good heel it's not because we don't like it they may not like me but they like what i'm saying and moxley and my and what you've seen from moxley's character before and this could be just a kind of them kipping up because don't forget everyone thought he was turning heel before no. They kind of maybe do a variable here, but one thing Moxley is clearly annoyed with the goofy jerk off people in this, in the business. He cannot stand orange Cassidy. You saw him have a monster problem with him and almost destroyed Cassidy in his match with him. So no. the fact remains is it does work with Moxley's character and there is respect between Danielson and Moxley. Moxley hasn't said, fuck you to him and screw you. So yeah. I think it makes total sense. Moxley turns heel, goes to Brian Danielson. Those guys just run game and maybe a run as a tag team champions, which though will be hypocritical if everyone's all in on them being tag team champions when the biggest criticism at WWE in their tag division is that they just put singles wrestlers together. So you'll have to get some heat for that, but them two together, it just, it's amazing the kind of work and professional wrestling that could happen. So I'm all in on that one. Completely. Yeah, and I and I love the way uh, Brian Danielson framed it out. It was like, "Hey, maybe you want to go for the world title, and I want to go for the TNT belt, you know." And it's just like, or maybe we want to be tag team champs, but let's you know basically leave our mark on this place. And I'm like, this has 
like all the makings of something that's needed, man. A really super like awesome faction. So I hope we see it. Really, I think it's the beginning of something beautiful there. Yeah, and it's gonna really just run rug on the goofy, stupid shit that a lot of people can't stand. Which is another good segue. What did you think about <laughs> why do people hate Brandy Rhodes so much? She comes out, just starts talking. She threw that stupid little line about Cleveland in there. Immediately. Like, and, and then you're wondering why they're booing you. Like, what are you She's doing? Like, I'm this the heel. For? And you know what? And it's strange because it's like, who's the heel? Is it her? Is it Dan Lambert? They're like, both. it's such a, yeah, it's just like, why are we doing this? Like, like, what's the beef? And then they're putting all over Dan Lambert, who I was like, I was laughing at actually last night. I was, oh, it was sort great. of, uh, there's a, yeah, there's a couple, he, there, that was one of the stronger shows that he's had in a while, I felt. And, um, but Brandy, my God, it's just so disingenuous again. And it just, she's an extension of Cody and it's just an easy target. Cody just needs to turn heel. Like it, it, it's writing itself. <laughs> Include your wife who wants the spotlight. And then and she wants, and she wants to be into, yeah. And, and, and you know what? And then for this to devolve into her versus Paige Van Zandt, like, uh, like I, I'm amazed. Like Paige Van Sant's pretty legit in the MMA ring, right? Love Paige Van Sant. And it's really like like Brandy shouldn't necessarily be wrestling. She's not there yet. She should be a manager, a heel manager, Cody's wife, a strong influence in his life. She could pull all that off. But to be in in the ring and actually, all right, we're gonna have a I don't know ten minute match with Brandy here. Oh, my God. That's just going to suck the oxygen right out of the place. Yeah. Um, I mean, if she hasn't gotten it yet, I mean, she's been re- trying to wrestle for for about a decade now. So if she hasn't gotten it yet, she's probably not going to get it. But that doesn't right. mean that she's not viable, like you said. I mean, she works best as, as Cody's valet because she does enough athletic stuff and enough shit to get heat. She's perfect to get heat. She shows up and people just start booing her. And I feel exactly. bad for her because she really does – I feel bad for her because she really does try to be she's a really good person outside of the wrestling thing, you know what I mean? Um, but I loved a couple lines from Lambert. I love how he says this brandy from the block is almost as fake as those two. T-. And I forget what he said about his tit about her tits, but they're about they're they're as fake as those two bazongas coming out of your chest. And the only the only face turn anyone's gonna buy on here is the one you used to get at your old job when it was face down. Does that mean she was a prostitute? Yeah. What does that mean? He was definitely questioning her, uh, her her moral behavior. You make me feel like a good person. Like he. Oh, and, and it's it's amazing. That's how much heat she got. Where literally this dude is cons- as he called him a conservative, AEW hating, <laughs> sexist asshole. And 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 the fans are chanting, chanting, "Shut the f up." to her and it's like it's it's amazing it's like cody says he wants to be the face they bring out lambert who's a heel with ego page and and uh um scorpio and it's like but they bring brandy out there and within 30 30 seconds of her promo she's she's calling the place cleveland as if that's a major insult to chicago which again it's just like she's just antagonizing them for hate yeah. and then they bring out somebody else who's hateful and they're trying 
It is. I don't understand why they're overcomplicating any of this. Yeah. Why do you bring out Lambert there? If you're going to have her give a heat promo and you know she's going to get booed, why would you bring someone else to have to get booed with her? I don't know the, the philosophy there. Is it because they want to get Brandy and Cody cheered and Lambert gets more heat than anybody else? Because he clearly does want- it now. Brandy does. But yeah, if, yeah. But if you did that, and if you wanted that, and if that was your main objective, why you ha- why do you have her cut a heel promo in Chicago? I, 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 that that was weird. Um, what else do we have going on in AEW Dynamite last night that you wanted to talk? I'm glad you have your notes with you. Before we, obviously, yeah, I'm getting my notes. CM Punk, MJF. There was I liked how they built it throughout the night, where you saw like them, you know, getting yeah. ready, contemplating. Getting you feel like a big fight. And I like when professional wrestling actually acts like it's an actual event. Keep it a little cafe. Yeah, and I did that that aspect of it. I did like uh, the next thing that happened was Hardy and uh, Andrade. And uh, my note on that was awful. Uh, I've, I've had enough of those two. And uh, and I'm I, I'm a sort of an Andrade fan in terms of what he does in the ring. He's one of the better ones that I'm entertained with. However, his promos, whatever he's looking to do here with Matt Hardy, and I know they're going to make him a face, and Jeff's going to be there, and Hardy's going to be back, blah blah blah. But I, I, again, like the Hardy, the the Hardy family, jobbers. Like I, I don't, I have, I have no time for them really at this point. I think the bunny agrees with you because she always looks miserable in the back, and that's on purpose. So I think they're breaking. Um, yeah. And her star is rising after her performance in that street fight. So everyone knows the bunny is uh, one of the stars in that women's division that really haven't tapped into yet. Yeah. So then after that uh, segment, then you had the house of black versus death's triangle. What you, th- what you think about that? I thought it was a good match. I think it was just a chapter. So it wasn't the best match in the world. I thought it was okay. I thought it was, I didn't love the finish uh, kind of vibe. I kind of was rooting for pack to win, but I get it. Um, spraying the mist in the eyes of Penta, though. Is he going to... So I'm kind of confused with the mist. Is it Does it turn people to change people or not everybody? It just changes Julia Hart, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, she hasn't fully changed. And uh, and then, you know, I thought in the last promo, that uh, vignette that Pac did, he basically showed he wasn't blind anymore, right? He took the the, the veil off his eyes and and then he comes down as if he's a blind man for this match and then he takes the uh, the bandages as if I'm wearing them right now um, off. And then uh, Malachi Black's like surprised. He's, he has the ability to see. Like, didn't they just preface this in that vignette that he just did? Like, what, what did I miss here? Um, again, I you know how much I like Malachi Black. Uh, I'm not sure what I feel about this Brody King guy. Uh, I'm not that crazy impressed with him. He's got a little bit of a... He gives me the same feeling I get when Jake Hager's out there. Does that make sense? <laughs> Vanilla boring kind of vibe? Sort of, yeah. He's got tattoos, you know what he reminds me of the, Yeah, the tattoos is the difference maker. It's like, oh, okay, he's, he's very patient. He's willing to sit somewhere still for a long time, which is a great attribute, you know? Um, but let me ask you this. Uh, th- on a personal level, when I see Brody King, I think of uh, Clow Clow. He just reminds me of him. Yeah. Very similar yeah. frame, kind of tall, gutty. <laughs> gutty. Gutty, he says. He's not fat. Clower's not fat at yeah. all. He's gutty. 
You know what I mean? He's like, he's got this tall, he's got, he's got this dad body. He's had a dad body since he was, since he lost, he was fat, like in, in high school and he lost weight, right. but he, and he got in a decent shape for a while, but then he just got a beer gut. He never got rid of it. It's like dad bodies had since like 1999. That's where he keeps his energy. I haven't seen him in fucking 10 years. How the fuck do I know? Yeah. And I, another quick note on this match. One thing I noticed, and I got to go back to the, I haven't erased it yet. Are they known as the Knights of the Black Throne or the Kings of the Black Throne? They were announced as Kings, but they were said right on the, I think they're Knights of the Black Throne. Because that was what was said on TV, and I think the guy just screwed up, but I'm not sure. We'll find out next week. Yeah, we'll have to wait. This is a real cliffhanger. The, the House of Black is moving at the pace of a snail with a bad leg. They don't even have legs. Yeah. So he's so so the snail is actually trying to pull a bad someone's bad leg behind it. That's why it's going so slow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that was explained. Anything for you? Then buddy? we had the. Yeah, we had the uh, legendary Adam Cole promo after that. And as you said, he's going to probably uh, springboard into the uh, uh, feud with uh, Hangman Page. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And then, and then we get to the highlight of the night. Who could forget this moment in wrestling history? We had Ruby Soho versus Dial of Rose. And uh, we saw the lead singer from Rancid. He was there. I said it was the lead singer. It was Lars, Lars Sullivan, lead singer of Anthrax, is what I said on our on HSCPWrestling.com, which you guys can check out for news stories every day. Wow, lead singer of Anthrax. I didn't think the match was all that bad. Um, I, I wasn't into it that much. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't think it was. I, I thought everyone killed Ruby for that botch. It wasn't a botch. It was, it was meant to look like that because that's what she hit last time. It was a recall from a previous spot that they did when they wrestled earlier. And this time she missed it. So it wasn't a botch. It was, I mean, it didn't look good because it looked like a botch, but it was intentionally missed. She wasn't supposed to hit that big botch that she hit. It's sort of sad. She started starting to become Ruby Jabo. She's now putting over the Brandy, uh, uh, the Brittany, uh, I'm sorry, the Britt Bakers of the world, the Jade Cargills, and now Nyla Roses. I, I, Which I, I honestly, I've never, I've never been a fan, so I'm not really emotionally invested. But I don't like when she's out there. She had a nice debut, and she's been downhill since. Yeah, she has that song when she comes out. That's that's what she's got going Whatever. for her. Can we move on? Yeah. Move on from movie okay. sellhouse. Uh, oh, and then hey, this was a huge, another great moment in wrestling history. Um, the Jungle Boy uh, backstage interview and, and vignette with with badass Billy Gunn and uh, his sons, Ass Boys, where, the Ass Boys. I mean, honestly, the Ass Boy, the Ass Boys, as as uh, Dan Housen would refer to them, right? Um, I I've seen a lot of brutality. I saw the the Rock and you know uh, Mick Foley doing the I quit match and then right after that I'll never forget the time that they threw Jungle Boy in the snow I mean it was devastating it was more humility I guess humiliating I guess I guess I mean but I remember that, when Jungle it's, Boy it's threw his jacket at him it's just a little thing to, to, for their little feud that they're gonna I think are they having the blow off on Rampage or next week I think they're, they're gonna be wrestling soon so whenever they wrestle it'll be done with it's just 
somebody to get the, you know, it's interesting. There's like four or five amazing tag teams that aren't even touching the tag title scene right now. There you go. And it's a little, and then we have a snow fight. And that's the thing. I mean, you got Jurassic Express and the Millennial Cowboy. I mean, these aren't the biggest stars in the company right now, and they're being booked as such. Uh, I would know. Exactly. I will say that, it, but hey, you know they're going to get their pay per view match and revolution. I mean, that's most tag teams don't have big tag defenses in between title title defense. They have like well, maybe one. So they just won the tag titles a couple weeks ago. I'm going to have a little more patience, but I hate Jurassic. I don't really like Jurassic Express all that much, and I certainly don't like the Ass Boys. I do like Austin Gunn, but he's the only one I like out of the group. And I never mm-hmm. liked Billy Gunn. So, yeah, two, two I mean, it, it is what it is. If you like those characters, though, it was a great spot. That's fine. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I'm with you, man. So after that... Uh... After that work of art, we had the Adam Page uh, promo, right? And we we sort of touched on this already. And it, it, there's it, what I liked about it seemed to be a good amount of truth, truth behind his words here. You could feel the sting. You could feel the frustration. And you know what? It, it sort of needed to be said. He should, like, I don't know, man. It's like, he, I know he's not going to do it, but it's almost like he should call out Tony Khan or, or the other EVPs and be like, what's going on here? Like, put him on blast, man. This guy deserves better. I mean, really, he's getting he's been in the company since September. Uh, he's going to headline a pay-per-view in March. I mean, come on. Have some patience, man. Come on. Come on. Are you talking about Adam Page? A call. No, no, no. Oh, you're talking the, about Adam Page. Oh, yeah, dude. No, you're right. Yeah, My hangman. bad, dude. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, hangman. Oh, yeah, I get those two mixed up with the Adams. And and, and again, and you're 100 yeah, right. Man. Yeah, 100 percent right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So then, so then you have you have um, Lambert and um, Jake Roberts come out, and did you like uh, Jake Roberts' little boy comment? It's like, oh my god, I just don't, I can't with Jake Roberts. He's like, you smell the fear, you smell that fear. Dan Lambert's like, Jesus Christ, you you're a legend. (laughs) Like, why do we need both of them? Why? I, I think there should be a turning on Jake and put Jake with somebody else. Put Jake with Abaddon. Put Jake with somebody. Put Jake with a mid-carter. Not that Lance Archer is not a mid-carter per se, but he's upper echelon mid-carter. This is going to be the third or fourth title match he has. He also feuded and yeah. beat John Moxley on AEW Dynamite not too long ago. So Lance Archer is right. the real deal here, and he's been put over as such. So I don't think break – I've been saying Jake Roberts needs to be off of – Lance Archer for years, literally years. Yeah, I agree. So it, it is what it is, but they're getting there. It, Lance Archer doesn't have that many years left in him anyway. So, yeah, that's why he should cut bait immediately. Um, he liked the tweet when I said it one time, and he totally liked the tweet. Uh, and I, you can't blame the guy. Did I know that Eva uh, Marie blocked me, by the way? Eva Marie did. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I said about her. I'm sure it had something to do with her being a terrible professional wrestler. I mean, you, you're speaking the truth there. Or uh, I would have blocked her anyway. You should have blocked her before she blocked you, you know. I, that's what I did with Eric Bischoff. I totally blocked Eric Bischoff. Yeah. He doesn't need to see what you're up to. He has a burner account. Just All right, so then... 
and from there, you got the Jericho promo, which you discussed a little bit earlier. Uh-huh. Enough, right? Ah, uh, enough. Thank you, Michael Colleone. <laughs> Love the Godfather reference. But yeah, man, it's like just I, I can't wait till next week and I hope it blows up. I, really I hope he gets his ass kicked. And, and and he turns heel and then everyone just walks. I think what's going to happen is what could happen, honestly, he could just start going off on everybody and everyone just walks out of the ring. But I have a feeling Jake Hager and another tag team are going to take out PNP and Sammy Guevara. Interesting. Or Sammy walks out. Sammy just walks out and leaves with PNP. And then Hager, Jericho, and then another tag team comes in. I think a tag team could come in and do some damage. I pray it's not the Briscoes because the Briscoes are coming, and they keep on they keep on talking that shit, boy, talking that shit on that FTR. You know what I mean? Why haven't they not been there yet? I guess patience, man. I I don't know because FTR is kind of whatever right now. They're kind of dingling, dangling. But they are cutting promos and interacting on the internet together. And uh, as I said before, Ring of Honor just inducted or announced that they inducted the Briscoes into the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. And they said thank you. But one guy said thank you. The other guy came on and just talked shit on Dax Harwood. Yo, we try to be a funny boy. That Dax Harwood trying to be a funny boy, huh? And yeah, we're going to see Briscoes and FDR very soon, and probably maybe even by Revolution. Hoping, but we'll see. Do you think you'll Do you think you'll see them on AEW television? Absolutely. Okay. Why is there some rumors? But I, I'm just I'm thinking this is taking too long, and it, and it has me wondering if they're not going to actually bring them on, and they're going to go wrestle somewhere else, like uh, one of these other one of these other companies. Well, FTR showed up at the Ring of Honor's final battle, right? And interacted with them. I'm, I'm telling, it's going to happen. I don't think Tony Khan's going to let them have doing it in another company. I really don't. Okay. And the Briscoes look are one of the best tag teams. They have a long history with the Bucks. The Briscoes are just going to make this. And again, now you're talking about FTR. You're talking about the Lucha Brothers. You're talking about the Briscoes. Eventually, you're talking about Red Dragon. You know, those are the four off the top of my head. You're talking about, and there's so many other great tag teams that are in there. But those four right there, those are all the tag teams that should be fighting for the tag team championships. And meanwhile, we've had Lucha, we've had, now we have the Jurassic Express and feuding with a bunch of real mid-carters of that division, while the other other members of that division, Pride and Powerful, they're even an elite tag team. That would be five. So it's, it's incredible the talent that tag team of tag teams in this division and yet your tag team champions are Jurassic Express. It is ironic. But the Bucks, your last three tag t- champs before them were FTR, Bucks, and Lucha Brothers. So, you know, I think this is, it's good to get some other people in there because everyone knows how good the other teams are. Let Jurassic Express maybe get that upper echelon. We get Jungle Boy a title. I just hope it's not a long run. I want them to lose this title quick because I'm tired of Luchasaurus just going, yeah! And he gets a pop. Well, I, you know what? They they started, they booked him differently because earlier on in AEW, he was popular then too, but they tried having him do too much. And he's really not that great of a wrestler. Still very green in terms of not at all. who he is. 
So now they just let him, they less is more with Luchasaurus. They pick his, their spots with him. And at the end of the day, he gets the pops because he's saving the only the times he comes in there, he's doing some really good damage or he's destroying people's arms. That was <laughs> so. Hey, look, we can't do anything about Jurassic Express. They're popular too. That's the fucked up part. They're popular. It kills me. Yeah, it's, it's so, not like we're it's not like we're in the majority here. Like I don't know why they're doing this. Everyone hates Jurassic Express. No, people love Jungle Boy and, and, and Luchasaurus. So we're we're the two old guys. We're the two old guys from the Muppets right now in the balcony. Woo! Tag team looks like a shit team to me. I don't think they ever said that. Right. What pretends is a and, dinosaur? Uh, I, I'm just I'm just grateful that Marco Stunton's no longer out there. Yeah, Kristen Cage is a little bit of an upgrade. Um, a little bit. <laughs> so Jericho so, hey, does his thing. And again, I just think yeah. Jericho is so egocentric. And he said this on his podcast more than one occasion. He said he could get anything over. And I think he started believing his own bullshit. He thought he could get GFY over. That failed. He stopped because he hasn't said it at all the last two weeks. So that didn't get over. And I, honestly, GFY, if anyone looks it up, it's good for you. Everyone knows that. It doesn't really mean it. Good for you. Jericho is now going to try to get over as him being an influencer. Is that going to be the new thing? The influencer. Oh, God. He should be the head of WWE creative with that bullshit. He really should be. The pain maker is not that great either, by the way. He's I heard a a promo on his pot for his podcast talking about the pain maker. Dude, it was a play on words when he wrestled the Rainmaker Okada. Stop acting like it was this whole thing, bud. The pain maker. What, what? You just put makeup on. You're the same exact wrestler. Yeah, he did put makeup on. And don't forget it. I wear spikes. Ooh. What? what there's no yeah. difference. He's a, he's a little more edgy. So he's really angry, Chris Jericho. That's what the pain maker is. Okay, yeah. I get it. I get it. I, I don't know. Chris Jericho, all the respect in the world for what he's done. But right now, he, he's really been striking out the last year. Let's, let's say it. Spit. I mean, as a rock star as he is, as the lead singer of Fozzie, he should know that it's better to burn out than fade away. You can't you can't hear that on Spotify anymore. But you can hear high spots and cheap pops right here on Spotify. Please follow us on Spotify. We love you guys. Um next we have the main event. Am I right? Yeah, and you know what? You texted me. You you referred to it as like uh, Dynamite as being amazing or brilliant. Up until what we just discussed, I wouldn't necessarily label the show as that. However, the last forty five minutes, I would definitely label that show as that. Uh, it was a great professional wrestling match, and you know, I, I'll let you take it over and just pontificate as to what you saw there. But uh, you know, just leading into this, I was very positive on it. I enjoyed the match a lot. Um, it was a, it was good to witness such a wrestling match on TBS once again. Absolutely, it was it harkened you back to maybe some of those matches with Steamboat Flair back on Clash of Champions or Steamboat even Terry Funk. I'm sorry, Ric Flair Terry Funk, and mm-hmm. it was great. I mean, everything that they needed to do was set out perfectly. MJF again at 26 years of age. I think it was 25, going to be 26 shortly. He's just so far ahead of his time and how what how he gets pro wrestling. 
yeah. gets the all the intricacies and everything. And it was just brilliantly told. It was a great story. Classic old school wrestling working on a leg, a little throwback to the Pepsi plunge with CM Punk after MJF started biting him and then CM Punk bites him back. It was just really just this incredible just story being told in terms of MJF had a plan to cheat. He gets a false finish, what I thought was great. The only problem is I, I look at the clock. I'm like, wait a minute, it's 9.45. There's no way this is the end of the match. Yeah. That was the only thing. I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, but he gets booed. The crowd's losing their shit. He gets booed. And instead of having, and I thought this was going to happen, we see all the time, an official comes out, wait a minute, we're going to restart this match because I didn't like that. You know, we see that with Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville all the time. And I was hoping we weren't going to get that with Tony Khan with the, with the you know, with the headphones on. No, that's bullcrap. You can't do that. No, no, MJF. <laughs> no, it's no, it's, it's not cool, man. <coughs> and, but we didn't get that. It was a beautiful play where he raised his hand in victory and MJF was just so excited about it. He, didn't, he forgot about the thing in his wrist and he got caught. It was so much better than your typical... Well, I saw that in the back, and I'm demanding that we restart this match right now. Like the big pop, like right now. Ooh, right now. You not next week. Go back and do intros again. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And that match is going to continue right now. <laughs> no shit. What else was going to happen? <laughs> so. So they do the false finish, and then MJF tries to do it again, a low blow, foot on the rope, another just these classic heel maneuvers. And we see this moment where CM Punk looks like he's, he has control of the match, goes outside, Wardlow comes down, initially seemingly to protect MJF, then he steps aside. Almost like a show, like, okay, you can go after him, I don't care. And then we didn't see when MJF did it, but he... Gets back in the ring and he has the di- the dynamite diamond ring. And as he's beaten so many before, including Darby Allen, just the perfect heat maneuver. Boom! Knocks out CM Punk with the dynamite diamond ring. And that oh so just deliberate three count. Like he pa- the re- the three count was just a little slower than the rest of them, just to add the anticipation to the match. Just the details in this match. Chef's kiss. Yeah, is, is yeah, the, yeah, the ref in that match did a really great job. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, the beautiful part of the story is that at the end of the match, they show the camera angle of Wardlow giving the ring to MJF. So Wardlow, disappointed in it with himself, still angry, still clearly not happy with the situation, but Wardlow still heel, still doing the job for MJF. And MJF. In Chicago beats CM Punk because he's better than you and you know it. But Vladi Dottie, did you catch the emotion of MJF crying and whispering something to CM Punk shortly after the win? I missed that, actually. If you go back and you watch it, after the match, the pin, MJF looks really tired and what have you. They flash back. I think they go to a different camera angle. Have They come back and MJF. Has instead of his head facing from the camera, his head is buried into CM Punk's ear, and he was shaking like this. I don't know if he was crying or what have you. We're never going to know what he really said, 
but there was some real genuine emotion from MJF who looked at CM Punk as a hero, probably still does in real life. And a very emotional moment. You actually saw a very emotional MJF for a split second there. And then he got up and you saw it and he celebrated. And then he was the dick MJF that we all know and love. But a real, it might've been a real genuine moment between MJF and CM Punk there because, Hey, look, CM Punk didn't necessarily have to do that. And yeah, it was the biggest win in Chicago. Yeah. And it was the biggest win in this 25 year old's life. Yeah. And he, and CM Punk totally put this guy over. It's going to add to his legacy is, and, and really what I like too, it adds to the story. Uh, I even looked at certain details. One of the things I picked up online today was that, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm sure you noticed MJF had like pinstripe, like Yankee gear on. Yeah. Evidently, that's a, that's a callback to when CM Punk wore similar gear when he fought uh, John Cena. That's I remember that because CM Punk had a famous promo saying that Cena became everything he despises. Yep. Just like the Red Sox in Boston, because they were in Boston at the time. And he said, you've become yep. everything that you hate, just like the Boston Red Sox. You've become everything you despise. You've become the New York Yankees. And that was what set Cena off. You can't say that about John Cena. And then they then they feuded. So MJF is such a friggin' student of the game. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, it, it's incredible incredible to me how good he is at 25 years old. It's just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Maybe 20. I think he, he's, he's in. But he's in line know. to be one of the, he's, he's in line to be might he, he's going to be whispered as and eventually realized to be probably the great greatest wrestler of his time. It's really something special that we're witnessing here. He puts on excellent matches that that match between he and CM Punk was a throwback, a clinic, just psychologically speaking. We didn't have, uh, you know, a thousand super kicks. We didn't have uh, trampoline spots. All that sort of stuff. This was a professional wrestling match, and you know what? They're 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 getting Wardlow involved, and I, I'm I hope they're foreshadowing a little bit. I almost see CM Punk and Wardlow maybe interacting a little bit further. CM Punk has every right to go and call out Wardlow and Which, be like, "You're nothing. You're you're not. You know, you can say something along the facts like you're not the War Dog. You're his lap dog. Something along those lines." Oh, I he like has that. Every right to say it. Oh, I like that. Yeah, which is- I think that's exactly what he's going to do. I think CM Punk is going to call out Wardlow. That is a brilliant body daddy once again writing the script before we even see it. I think it's a great idea. And that's, I think, the way to do about it because you need the evolution. You need to give Wardlow that push to do the right thing. And CM Punk's going to be like, what's going on with you? And it's going to be some more great television because this, this story's not going away. If anyone thought this was a blow-off, you're insane. This no. is this was a mere ch- final chapter, first act. Maybe it was the end of the first yeah. act, so to yeah. speak, because they've been telling I, that's the- probably the best way to say it. And now we're about to go into the second, yeah, yeah. we're about to go into the second act, and that's going to involve the evolution of Wardlow because they've flirted with it. There's already sort of friction there between Wardlow and MJF and Sean Spears, and CM Punk might put him over as Wardlow and say, Listen. Instead of being his lapdog, you could be the champion of this place. Do you see how these people react when you go and do your powerbomb symphony? Hell, I you know, 
CM Punk had that and had to experience eight power bombs, right? <laughs> eight. So there you go. Eight power bombs that he had to take, and he and he had to go and what he pretty much did he schoolboy him to win that match, right? Uh, so, yeah, well, it was this schoolboy? It was a uh, inside cradle, small package. Okay, yeah. So an inside cradle goes and wins it, has to win it that way. And and the only reason CM Punk could say I lost to you was because MJF held you back and was greedy about having you inflict punishment on me. You could have beat me before he beat me. And let him think about that. I hope they go that route, man. It, it, this second act could be great, and it's going to be great for Wardlow. This is where we're going to start to see Wardlow become one of the, the the major players of this company. And he has it. That guy is talented. And and you, you, you've said that he can cut a promo. Uh, I believe you. I sense nothing but positivity so far about that, like what I've seen already. I'm looking and interested to see him evolve into a better speaker and and really get his sort of uh, taglines over or whatever the case might be and just connect with the crowd even further. This guy has a lot of potential. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. And I really do believe this is, this is just, again, the first act. We're going to continue it. And why not? I mean, it's been arguably, I mean, honestly, this storyline and the execution and everything happening, this has been so, this has been, this has exceeded expectation. Any expectation you had to see in Punk and MJF, this feud has already exceeded all your expectations. And I know a lot of people, look, Dynamite didn't do a million people last night for the first time in a couple of weeks. And I think people are going to be like, aha, that's what, I mean, hey, yeah. that might have something to do with it that you had a 45-minute main event match. But guess what? That's what AEW is. And good professional wrestling, they look, they're, it's going to get over eventually, but people have got to know. People got to, hey, did you hear about this match? Did you hear about that match? Eventually, things are going to catch on. I'm very much yeah. of the belief, like Brian Danielson, I think people will watch excellent professional wrestling, and they are doing excellent yeah. professional wrestling right now. So that's segments it. of it for sure. I'll say that segments of it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not every segment. Mid but I'm not up on it, but yeah. the thing. I'm, am I going to let Ruby Soho ruin my night? Am I going to let. Jurassic Express ruined my night. Am I even going to let the Miz ruin my night? I mean, over in WWE, yeah, yeah. But you do. Show. You get annoyed with them, right? You get annoyed with the Miz and Edge, right? And you know, in hell, Edge even blocked you now because you referred to him as a mid carder, even though it was just one feud. It annoyed you. I'll tell it. you what. I'll tell you what. But I did say that that act, that tag, that mixed tag match was actually pretty good in the Royal Rumble. If you listen to my Royal Rumble review, I was it? Put, I actually okay. put that over. It actually was an entertaining match. I swear to God. Maurice came out looking yeah. like Bad Bunny. Interesting. Doing her Karana's DDTs. She looked good. Maurice, Maurice carried herself. You know what? That's that's like a real positive thing to hear about that because I didn't really have any sort of faith in that match. It, it was what it was. The, the beginning was stupid. It, it was all bells and whistles and sports entertaining, but it wound up being a pretty entertaining match. It was what it was. Of course, my expectations were bad, but Anyways, yeah. uh, one other thing that I had to say about uh, Punk and, and MJF, there was just so many beautiful parts of this and what they have been going with since the beginning, just with no holds barred. And again, just the great ending, MJF emotional, even though he didn't show it out loud, didn't show it. I just thought it was great, great beginning. And I think now, starting next week, you're going to see the programming of AEW strictly geared toward revolution. We're going to be full-blown yeah. full toward revolution starting next week. 
Um, we might have to see maybe Adam Cole beats up Paige after the Lance Archer match, maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, but we're going to start seeing all the Possibly. matches really come together. Maybe we'll start seeing the Red Dragon Young Bucks feud start coming together. We're going to start seeing a lot of the storylines that maybe a little bit going a little wonky, a little slow, like the House of Black. Maybe we'll start seeing some things really develop. Because don't forget, I think it was last year on April and May, right around Double or Nothing. They were really stalling and what have you. And we were really unhappy with some things that were going on. And then, boom, yeah. it exploded. And it's been the best professional wrestling company that's been in 20 years, the last six months, seven months. So, you know, it's it's exciting times for AEW. And it's going to continue to be exciting times. And look, Keith Lee might be on the horizon. Bray Wyatt might, might be on the horizon. Shit. Some, so many. Hey, so something to consider with Keith Lee. The, I mean, they're in Texas. Oh, no, they're in Atlantic City next week, actually. I was thinking about the Texas death match. I'm sorry. But, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I could see Keith Lee or Karrion Cross showing up there, honestly. I don't think they're going to sign Karrion Cross to you. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know about that one. Okay. I don't know. What are you going to do with him? I don't know. He adds sides. He adds size to the show, and I'd rather see him than some others that we've already mentioned. Not Keith Lee, though. They're under contract now. Uh, <laughs> no. All right. What so, what else Keith we got Lee? going on? Professional they're, wrestling. They're, they're ninety. They're ninety days into this this week. I know. Um, and yeah. apparently, Shane, uh, Shane's is going to is thirty. I think Shane's is thirty days, if I'm not mistaken. Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe's and William Regal's are both up this weekend coming up. Wow. So there's that. I don't know. I guess they had, was it 30 days? Has it been 30 days since they got released already? It's got to be. Jesus Christ. Time is flying in the world of professional wrestling and WWE firings. So yeah, Shane, 30 Man. days. So yeah, by revolution, Shane could be in, WWE, in AEW by revolution. Here come the money. I have a question for you, by the way. What are the chances Shane McMahon and Triple H? So I heard Triple H and Shane McMahon don't really get along all that well either. Because there's always yeah, the possibility. The will, will they have the money? Will they be able to start their own professional wrestling company? I think Triple H might be able to get enough backers, maybe especially even with, with Stephanie, where he might be able to pull off getting having a promotion. Um, you know, and honestly, I, if there's a tragic figure in any of this, What's going on with WWE? I really think it's Triple H. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I empathize with this guy, man. And it's, uh, you know, and is he perfect? By no means, but man, he was actually trying to steer that company to a good place, and then Vince and his yes men just said, "Nah, we're gonna go and destroy it." Well, again, they are only concerned about the bottom dollar. They made a billion dollars last year yeah. in profit. They talked about it their 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 um, quarterly meeting today. WWE made a lot of money again. So yeah. they're doing everything right in the stockholders' eyes. And that's what it's been about ever since they went public. That's why the product hasn't been consistently good since it went public. It's not a coincidence. And again, it's pop music for professional wrestling. It is overproduced. Let's get people that we can tell them exactly what to say, how to look, how to dance, everything. And just yeah. as long as they're athletic and they look good, that's all we need because we can do the rest. And that's not yep. how you make a great professional wrestling company. It never was. And for every Kurt Angle, you're going to push Lars Sullivan and Ronda, like Ronda Rousey. She's going to get pushed. 
She falls right into yeah. that. All these young kids are hiring at a out of college who are just signing for the money. They don't give a shit about pro wrestling. You're not going to turn them into great pro wrestlers. You're going to turn them into average run of the mill, vanilla sports entertainers. And that's what you are now focusing on. Congratulations, WWE. All right. I have a, uh, I have a trivia question for you. Ooh, I love trivia questions here on high spots of cheap pops. HSCPwrestling.com. Check it out. Roman Reigns. Our tribal chief sure hasn't been pinned, hasn't been pinned in two years. Can you name the person, the wrestler that pinned him two years ago? I, I want to say Baron Corbin. Bingo. How is that even possible? It's the same fucking possibility when he hit, no one has kicked out of the end of days. Baron Corbin is a legend. Vince, he, I, I, I'm just amazed. When I saw that question and that answer, one, I couldn't wait to go and ask you. And then number two, I was just, I almost had to pick myself up off the floor. Couldn't believe it. Well, I just remember the dog food incident. And then I remember exactly. him. Yep. And then I remember COVID happening. And then he was in the midst of, of a run of where he was going for the title. So... There was a blow off where he won. They did the dog food thing to Corbin, but before that, Corbin did the dog food thing, and I think he got a win on on Roman. So that's why I went. And that there. was it. Yeah, that's that's why I thought about that. I don't know how I remembered that, but there you go. Just Baron Corbin once again showing you if they He's bulletproof. Put, if they put their if again if they put their future on people like Baron Corbin, the WWE is going to fail eventually. Eventually, it's going to fail. Their, their, their crowd is not getting younger. And what's going to happen when Roman heads to Hollywood and, Ro- and Brock Lesnar's not around? You have to start building more stars. And, and Seth Rollins actually, I mean, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere, but Seth Rollins even teased he might think about it because he's a free agent 2023, I believe, or 2024. So, okay. you know, the bidding war of 24 might not be MJF. It might be for Seth Rollins. But nice. Seth Rollins, look, obviously Seth Rollins loves what he's doing right now. So, and his wife's there, so. Um, but yeah, there's a, so many other things going on in professional wrestling this week. We're getting geared up for a pretty important rampage tomorrow night. Tag team championships on the line. Adam Cole is going to make his intentions clear. A couple other things. And again, we're starting to get up ready for Re- revolution, getting ready for WrestleMania. We're going to have two pay-per-views in about a, about a month of each other. We have the elimination chamber in Saudi Arabia coming up. So professional wrestling continues to pop. Starting to percolate, starting to pop. And things are going great. And I'm excited about it. Again, check us hscpwrestling.com. You can follow me on Twitter at HSCP Wrestling. Of course, that's Silicon City Valley for high spots of cheap pops. Bloody Dottie, what do you got for us? We have a new Instagram. We do. I mean, it's booming. We're getting follows left and right, I see. Did uh, we? You're in charge of Instagram. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's really been it's been insane. I mean, we're having like people like Alexa Bliss follow us, and uh, Sasha Banks, and Baron Corbin. He he's not holding any grudges. He's been following us. We've been, you know, exchanging some thoughts there. It's been great. I'm so. blocked by a lot of professional wrestlers. I'm blocked by none. Well, you're not on Twitter. That's true. 
I'm, Good point. I got 2,100 followers for us. High thoughts and cheap pops are running with 2,100 followers, and we keep on going to the moon just like Cardano was supposed to. Oofa. Anyway, so thank you so much for listening to our, our long form podcast. We get together once a week. We shoot the poop about professional wrestling, but you can follow us on our YouTube page, High Spots and Cheap Pops. We do reviews of every single television show. We're gonna try. We're gonna get more content out as much as possible. We're gonna continue to grow, baby. HSCPWrestling.com. We have news reports all the time. We got reviews all the time. We have the Impaler's Point all the time. We got a lot of things percolating. We are building. It's going to take a long time to build this empire, but it is definitely happening, and we are excited about it. And, Pella, what else do you have for us on this wonderful Thursday evening? Uh, one of the funniest lines I saw was from MJF, and I think it came out today, and they said the reason he said that the reason they call it the second city is because he beat him twice. Beat that bum twice, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And did you see the sign for All said? Did you see the sign for MJF when he came out? Is that... MJF is the human version of 2K20. Which is really bad. It's a really shitty professional wrestling game, apparently. Which happens to be the one that I bought. And I was like, this game sucks. I thought this was supposed to be good. And then I found out it was a really bad game. I was like, oh, okay. So anyways. That one hit home for you. All right, everybody. Well, check us out again. HSCPWrestling.com. High spots of cheap pops. Higher on Spotify. Higher on Spotify. Also on YouTube. Check us out. Hit the subscribe button. If you can, and of course, Lottie Dottie, this is Silicon Steve Valley. Thank you so much for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. We will check you guys out later here on the High Spots and Cheap Pops podcast. I gotta stop. I gotta start calling it the High Spots and Cheap Pops podcast instead of the Size of Cheap Pops.